Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball screen on the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Believe in South Carolina. I am Mark Yuba. He is Nick Klaus. And the one and only Marcus Lattimore is joining us. And, boys, a little bit different today. I'm not sure if anyone listening will be able to tell it's a little bit different. But I'm on the road. I'm actually at a pub. I think that's the best way to call it. Pub, restaurant, whatever the heck you want to call it. Across the street from the Greensboro Coliseum where in just a couple hours, because we are taping this on Sunday, in just a couple hours, the Gamecock women's basketball team will be looking to do something they've never done in program history, believe it or not, and that is a advance to the Final Four in back-to-back years. So they're trying to make some Let's history. Go. It seems like Don Staley in this program has already made so much history, but there's still so much more history that can be done. So big one tonight at historic Greensboro Coliseum. Shout out to Don, man. Shout out to Don Staley, uh, the pride of West Philadelphia. Why Why do so many legends come out of West Philadelphia? <laughs> Have y'all seen the new Bel Air uh, that, that came out, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I haven't watched it yet, but I have seen like ads for it. It's, uh, it's special. It's really good. Well, Will Smith, he put his hand on it, but. No, Does go it live ahead, up Mike. to the hype? Does it live it, up to the hype is what I want to ask you. It, it's a dramatization of with new characters, new scenarios, and it works. It actually does work. It, it's a it's the 21st century, uh, our our generation version of Fresh Prince. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I highly recommend it. Sim- simply because, you know, Bel Air always had life lessons like intertwined oh, within yeah. the within the message of the story uh but and and they do the same thing in, in bel air but no shout out to don man she is she has uh raised the visibility of all things women all things in in women's sports but not i mean just the <laughs> she could go lead a team any team i mean simply because of her style and who she is and how she comes across, man. Shout out to her and um, just everything that she's done for South Carolina. Yeah. You talk about 90s. You talk about 90s sitcoms, though. I mean, of course, Don was part of Martin. He was oh, on an man. episode of Martin back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I know we mainly talk football on this podcast, but, I mean, I think that's that's where we should start today. You know, and <laughs> I – I pray, I pray that this is not a, a jinx. And if anyone gets mad at me, come at me. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do some good here. Hopefully this team's able to take care of business tonight against Creighton. Like I said, we're taping this on Sunday. But the point being is this, regardless of what happens, this program, it is crazy to think about what she has done since arriving at USC in 2008. You know, we think about from a football standpoint, when you talk about, where the program was when Lou Holtz came. And then obviously mm. Steve Spurrier was, was able to take it to that next level. 
And then, you know, the must champ years happened and there were some good, you know, I don't think every Gamecock fan will admit that there were some good years in there. That Outback Bowl win against Michigan, it seems like it's always against Michigan. But there, there, when you talk about trying to change a program or use those fancy words, right, culture, those buzzwords, culture, what Don was able to do is insane. And, I mean, shoot, I was talking with Roscoe Wilson not too long ago, Asia's dad, when Asia was getting recruited out of Heathwood, Paul, he remembers the days where he could just bring Asia down courtside because no one would really care. There were days where, or there was a game where their game got bumped from being played at Colonial Life Arena to be played at the Coliseum across the street because of a concert, women's basketball game at the university got bumped to go play because of a concert that would never ever fly these days especially with what don's been able to do with this program no definitely not that wouldn't fly anymore and i mean i i transferred here i've mentioned that a little bit but i transferred here my freshman year and i just remember before that you know you just didn't think about what i personally didn't think about women's basketball now i've been a student here for three of three and a half years and Don hasn't just changed the culture of South Carolina basketball. She has. She's changed the, the narrative around women's sports. I mean, they matter so much more. She's, she's done a great job to create more awareness, more equality in the viewing of sports. More people want to watch it. And there's still a long, long way to go. But she's done so much for women's sports, too, and not just here at South Carolina. But, I mean, she's a celebrity. Wherever she goes, I mean, especially at the university, everyone loves her. They love her dog. They love her. they love everything oh, about man. her. Uh, I think Champ is that it? Her dog Champ. Yeah, Champ, Champ. Yeah, he. I mean, he's everywhere. He's a celebrity. Um, but yeah, she's done an amazing job with the program, and I've said it throughout this this season. Watching them do what they've done, I mean, you're seeing them. You're seeing UConn kind of take a step back. And you're seeing South Carolina take a big step forward. Mm. And this tournament's a huge part of that. But um, but just going off of what Don has done has been amazing to watch. And it's been I've been very lucky to go to this school in the time where, you know, she's at the top of her game. Isn't it crazy though? I mean, like just she she is a culture in in itself. Like I remember, I remember coming up during the era where Michael Vick and Allen Iverson were uh, creating, not, not creating, they were just being themselves. And because they had the courage to be themselves, to walk how they walk, talk how they talk, put braids in their hair. Like, I mean, the, a whole, the whole reason all of my friends wore braids because of Allen Iverson and Michael Vick. And there's a whole generation of young girls that won't, to play women's that that want to play basketball that want to be a coach simply because Don I mean Don is just it almost looks effortless you know that that just her walk and uh how personable she is as a as a human being and just seeing her interact on, on on social media again I mean I don't know how this conversation always go gets back on social media but I mean you you can just kind of see her and who's like who she truly is through that lens. I don't know. It's just been really cool. I'm, I'm glad she's connected to the state 
and, and, and it seems like she loves South Carolina. Um, and, you know, Coach Tanner, I mean, just whatever you can, just keep her here. Keep her here as, lo as long as she wants to be here. Keep her here, Ray Tanner. And, it, and it's crazy, too. It's crazy, too, just the impact she has, like I think Nick was saying, not just on the university, but on women's basketball as a whole. You know, when you think of big names, and this is no disrespect to the to the tremendous women basketball players that have come before and will come after, but when you think about what Kobe Bryant was trying to do for the game before he tragically mm. passed away, he was doing a lot for the game of women's basketball. And, you know, when you see the Don Saley's of the world, when you see the Asia Wilsons of the world be able to share that in the connections that they were able to make with Kobe, it lets you know how much they appreciated what he was doing. Now, what we've seen, unfortunately, since Kobe's passing is, you know, you try to see who can be that face. Maybe we're biased, boys, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think you would agree with me. Asia Wilson's quickly becoming one of those faces, Ooh. you know? Um, and, and, you know, and obviously it's, it's, it's awful right now with what's going on with Brittany Griner overseas because she was quickly becoming a face and it still Free is Brittany Griner, a face. Man. Yeah. She's still quickly becoming a face of women's basketball and has been a face, but you look at what Asia Wilson's able to do and just the reach she has. Asia's tremendous for many reasons, but I don't think it's a surprise that she has a connection with Don and that their paths have crossed because there's a lot of similarities and a lot of those similarities is just the way they go about things, which is they know with that it's much bigger than them. And they know that their reach is having an impact on that next generation. And it's not even just on young, young females. You're seeing guys like the sport as well. You're seeing the sport grow. So I just think it's a very, very special time right now in South Carolina that not only do you have a coach who very well will become the very first female to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, both as a player and as a coach. That's never happened for a female. That's happened for about a handful of guys. That's never happened for a female. She's already in as a player. She's very, very well on her way to becoming the first as a player and as a coach. But the fact that you also have Asia Wilson and what she's doing, I mean, it's just a very special time basketball-wise in South Carolina. Yeah, Mike. I mean, it's also it's also a special time because you flip over to the men's coach, and they just hired uh, they're the first African American head coach of. You said Mike basketball and football. It's never ha never happened. Never happened between the two sports. Lamont Paris will be the first for either men's basketball or football at the University of South Carolina. So. The University of South Carolina has never had a black head coach. Harold White, who I know Marcus has been able to, to learn more about because we have a mutual friend with his grandson, um, Andrew Richardson, who is the associate AD over at Heathwood Hall. I mean, he made history, you know, by being the first African-American assistant coach for football at the University of South Carolina. Um, this is, it is historic. It shouldn't be downplayed. It shouldn't be one of those things that just push to the side and I, I think with what you're seeing with Lamont and his personality which we can go down another avenue about just talking about what he's going to bring 
it's historic. And I mean, shoot, I'm a white guy. I mean, I want to hear what Marcus has to say. I mean, this is, this is, I can look at it and be historic and, and see that it's historic and know it's historic, but from a different perspective, a perspective that can be more related to that coach. I mean, I can't only imagine what that moment's like. Yeah. I mean, you, it's historic. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's historic. It's monumental. It's, it's going to change the face of, of sports in, in, in South Carolina, I believe. Uh, you know, you, you, you look on the field, you look on the court, you, you see a lot of black kids, a lot of black athletes. Uh, does that make things a little bit more relatable? Absolutely. Um, is he going to be able to recruit? Um, it's all, all of that matters. Um, but I mean, putting, putting that aside, like putting, I want, I want to go back to Asia Wilson real quick. And then I want to hit Lamont Paris. Asia is, uh, like the best representation of a, of what you want rep, like coming out of your university. Like, in, like just in any, in any form or fashion, now, whether it be a student, an athlete, I mean, you, you, you hear her talk, uh, man, it's just, it's just so authentic. Uh, everything that she says, it, it's, you, you, you feel her words, uh, you, you, she, she's intellectual. She's, she's beautiful. She has all of these traits, but I mean, she's grounded at the same time, like, I mean, you just don't come across somebody who's also grounded as well. Like when you meet her, it's just she gives you her full attention. Um, and I think more than anything, that's what separates. That's why Asia has been able to attract so many fans, I believe. It's just because of her authentic self and giving people her full time. And is she the greatest to ever play at Carolina? Yeah. Uh, will she go on and do many more great things? Yeah. But I mean, the, just her, like if she, if she never played basketball, if she, if she never played the game, she'd still be a special human being. But, uh, going back to Lamont being the first, I, I mean, that, that's something that, I mean, you, you just taught me something, Mike. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was the first in basketball or football, uh, which is, I mean, you, you you look at the history, we, 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 we can trace things, you know, back historically. You look at the formation of the South. You look at the formation of South Carolina. Um, it, it, it's, it, means, it, it means so much that this is happening to the flagship university um, in the state, but, but because of the obvious history of, of the South. Um, that this is, it's historical. Like you said, Mike, it's monumental. It, it, it it's going to change. Change is good. Uh, and you know, I love Frank Martin. Every time I had an interaction with Frank Martin, I learned something, and you know, him, you know, b being, being a, per being a person of color of, of Cuban descent, you know, coming to South Carolina and, uh, he brought that flair, you know, I mean, you just meet 
that there's people you come across and I mean, they, they, they just have, they, they have that ad, added little spunk. And I mean, it's just, and I, I enjoyed Frank. Um, golly, what a teacher, what, what a, what a great human being, a, a leader of young men that, that, that taught me a lot without even being within his huddles. I wasn't in his huddles. I just interacted with him a few times, but, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Lamont. Um, obviously because he, because he's black, but also because he's the, the, the new head coach at, at my university, but I mean, he's going to do great things. And, and it's because, uh, I mean, the, coach Tanner knows what he's doing. You know, I mean, it's putting the right people in charge and, you know, ch- and, and like I said, man, change is good. Change is change is never a bad thing. It, it's, it's when we, it's when we resist change and, um, that this will be good for the state, uh, not just basketball. This will be good for the state. Uh, you know, l- leadership can look so many different ways, but you know, for it to have a black face on it um, at, at a flagship university, I mean, that 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 triggers something in the mind of all of these athletes in our state. It, it really does, and you know, I I think you. If you can, if you win the state, if you win the state in recruiting and football, basketball, you know, with, with all the rich talent that we have, um, you, you can't lose. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm just excited to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he I'm I'm pretty happy with the um, with his hiring. Um obviously, like you said, very historical. So that's a great, great thing to see at the university of South Carolina. But what a lot of people actually are concerned about is his ability to recruit in the state. I mean, Marcus, you always talk about owning the state, especially in football In basketball, that hasn't been as much of a mentality. So that's a lot of with people's concerns. And a lot of people think he's unproven. The thing that always, I don't understand. John Morant, how we lose John Morant, Nick. I don't know. <laughs> With John Morant, Zion, they were in the same <laughs> same year. Uh, but and that wasn't really Frank's thing either. He he wasn't too too focused on owning the state and recruiting. But people always come people went after Coach Beamer when he got hired because he was unproven. And I don't understand why everyone gets so upset when you hire a younger coach from you know a school that you know a mid-major school or he hasn't coached at a power five. I mean, how do you think you get these great coaches? They all started somewhere. They got their opportunity somewhere. Mm. They took a chance and they were given it. And who knows? Lamont Paris could be the next coach that South Carolina knows for the next 15 years because it goes well or something like that. You know, if Shane Beamer could be the head football coach for the next 20 years because that that hiring went so well. You never know. Um, so like I just say to South Carolina fans, you know, you got to pump the brakes. You got to trust the system, trust the AD, trust Ray Tanner. You said he knows what he's doing. And so you got to trust who they're hiring and that, you know, it's going to be the right decision. So I don't think it's a bad thing that he might be unproven or, you know, he doesn't have a huge connection to South Carolina. Ray Tanner knows something we don't. And I think it's a great hire for South Carolina. So it is an exciting time in basketball for both, both men's and women's. And, at a place like South Carolina, you, you, you have to think strategically. 
You know, we're not in any sport. We're not, we don't have that rich tradition of winning. Um, we're creating that with women's basketball. Um, you know, we had a nice run in baseball, uh, but you know, for the two big powerhouses, we, we, we don't have that. We, we don't have that lineage that, that stretches back like Georgia and Bama and Florida and, and all of these different sports. So, and it's because of just simply where we're placed on the map, we're competing, we're a small state and we're competing with states with a lot of kids. So, I mean, it's, you have to think strategically and that, that's what coach Tanner's doing here. I mean, it's, it's, it's looking at all of the factors, not, you know, and you know, it would have been great to have, you know, BJ Mackey. I've, I've met BJ Mackey. I think he's awesome, you know, but there, like you, like you said, Nick, there, there's some, th there's some outside variables that play a huge part in why our ADs, you know, a coll our collective of ADs make this decision. Um, and, you know, just let it play out. Let it play out because it's 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 for a reason, you know. They've been hired to do the job. Well, Marcus, let me ask you this. Let's bring it back more so from a football standpoint, but you can look at it through the lens of basketball and baseball. For you personally, where South Carolina was in terms of a talent standpoint, it was – it was the beginning, it seemed like, for a lot of guys at home to stay home, South Carolina guys to stay home. And we saw the impact it made from a football standpoint. I understand from a basketball standpoint, fans, even you know before they decided to move on from Frank Martin, they wanted Gigi, Gigi Jackson. Unbelievable talent, one of the best players in the country. And depending on which list you're looking at, he's rated number one for his class for 2023, but uh, aspirations of possibly reclassifying up so that he can enroll next year to a college. I say all this because, you know, we saw what Asia Wilson was able to do. We saw what guys like yourself was able to do. G.J. Swearinger. I mean, you could just keep going. Alshon Jeffrey, Javian Clowney, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We hear about it on the outside. And sports, obviously, a little bit different because, you know, from a football standpoint, you have more guys. Basketball, a player or two can really make that difference in terms of just having, you know, two guys in that class that decided to make that commitment. Is that something that through the recruiting process you paid attention to, noticing that other guys were committing to South Carolina? They were like, hey, let's, let's do this. Or was that something that you have to just truly – make that decision based on yourself. I wouldn't be at South Carolina if Alshon and Stefan didn't go. If Bruce Ellington didn't, didn't <laughs> if Bruce Ellington during the Shrine Bowl didn't uh, say, bro, we need to do this, I don't think I would be there. Uh, seeing them make that jump. And, you, you know, I think at that time it was categorized as taking a leap like taking a chance going to South Carolina because because it wasn't it wasn't in national prominence. Um, I don't know why it was viewed that way, but that's how I think that's how I viewed it at that time, and that's how most of us viewed it who who decided to go there. Uh, 
um, it makes a huge difference. It does, Mike. Uh, and you know, we we list all of the all of the big names. You know, the Alshons, the Stephans, Asia Wilsons. We list all of those, but we won because of guys who were the two stars and three stars from the small towns in South Carolina. Yeah, uh, with like we miss. I I think that's the point. I I want fans to to recognize. Won't everybody to recognize within recruiting like you can't look at the stars the stars are uh the stars are created by people who are not who who aren't in the state like i i mean like in the trenches like i'm from i'm from south carolina i'm from i've been to all 46 counties um i know what we have I've been to the swamps, like I, I, I've I've been to each corner, uh, King's Tree, Barnwell, Kusawachi, like all of these places people never hear of. Uh, I've been to those places. I know what type of players come out of. I know what type of talent is hidden in South Carolina because I played with them. <laughs> I pl- I played with all of these guys from these small towns that taught me. Not it, it was cool for me because I, I was always a intrigued by geography i've always been interested in geography and the formation of south carolina and you know i want to get on to carry on joiner and what he represents culturally for the state later on uh just just with the geechee culture and the west african influence and what he's done to to bring awareness to that like simply when he talks you know you 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 transport back into a, a a place that a place that not a lot of people know about, um, you know, yeah, he, he's from Charleston, but you know, there's so many places on the coast of South Carolina that, that hold this rich talent that, um, man, that, that, that we, that's why we won games. We won games because of Jimmy Legree, Devin Taylor, Byron Gerardo, um, uh, AJ can from Bamberg, South Carolina. Like, I mean, these these that's what we miss um yeah we had we we had some dominant players uh how do you tap into it how do you tap into it i think people listening at home is is someone that has been on both sides of it someone that went through the recruiting process which by the way and i know i was telling both of you guys this for a while i will finally share that story of bobby bentley that bobby bentley (laughs) was wanting me Told me a couple been, weeks ago waiting. Marcus's recruiting process. So I will be able to share that. But how do you tap into that? Because I'm sure there's fans listening right now saying, Marcus, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, Nick might be there saying too, like, okay, well, how do we do that? How do they do that? How do you do you just need someone that wants to be the trendsetter? Do you need someone that just, you know, they 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 say, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go against the grain. Because when you look at it from a men's basketball standpoint. Lamont Paris, he's going to be in that process right now where he's going to have to rebuild. And we knew this was going to happen. You have a coach that leaves. They're going to have to go through the transport. That, that's going to happen. How do you do that? And, Nick, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what, what, what your thoughts are about it because as, as what it seems like as a lot of fans, they want to be able to keep that fence up. We hear that all the time. But I, I, I just don't truly know if it just takes one guy saying, hey, that's what I want to do, and then people just follow. Yeah, Nick, I you mean, got some, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I, I mean, I 
I, I, I agree with Mike. I mean, it's something where you understand it. We hear it all the time, owning the state, those types of things. Beamer's gotten big with the welcome home, uh, making South Carolina a family. And that's really the first question is you're talking about all these places in South Carolina that no one knows about. And you listed places I had no idea existed, things like that. And then, but yeah, how does it, does a coaching staff, the recruiting team, how do they do that? How do they find it? I mean, I kind of like think of them diamonds in the rough guys who are two stars, maybe not even don't even have any stars or something like that, but that could be because of where they're from. How do they get connected to those kids, see those kids and get them to come to the university of South Carolina? Well, it's not easy. I think it starts with relationships, creating relationships within the city. Um, I could tell you this, Stefan, Alshon, you know, during, during that, during that time period, uh, it was creating a narrative. The coaches had created a narrative that the, the, the future was like, we saw the future before it happened. Like we, we, like that, that they created this picture of what could be of what it could be. And for us, that was exciting. So the narrative has to switch to, this is what can happen at South Carolina uh, if if we do this. So I'll tell you, Brad Long, Brad Long was and, and Coach Beamer and Coach Graham. Th those were the guys that were recruiting me, the coaches that were recruiting me. They did a really, really, really good job of painting the picture. They said, Georgia. Uh, they said, well, well, Georgia already has nine backs uh, who, who Georgia has Herschel. Georgia has uh, Robert Edwards. Georgia has uh, Terrell Davis. They said Florida has Emmett. Flo Florida has Fred Taylor. They have all they have all of these guys. Uh, they painted this picture of me. It, it, me being a, a premier feature back that that would go down in history like in and and through each step like through each conversation that I had when they would add something extra to it and when I say extra I guess I'm saying uh the the possibilities after football was over with uh like what could happen for me uh outside of the game uh, with Alshon and Stefan, I'm pretty sure the conversations were the same. Uh, but, but because they were so highly touted and could go anywhere in the country, um, it, it was creating a narrative that made South Carolina feel appealing, feel exciting, feel like we could do some shit that's never been done there before. And that is, as I don't know, like, Yes, I, I think I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit hesitant when, you know, when I heard those things. But also at the same time, there was a part of part inside of me that said, that's exciting. Like, that's really, really exciting to do something that's never been done, uh, which is, I mean, 
<laughs> the possibilities are endless still at South Carolina. You know, so I mean, nothing that that narrative has not changed. And Coach Beamer, Coach Beamer was a part of that. Coach Beamer was a part of coming up, not even swaying us. He was they they weren't swaying us. They were just get, giving us straight cold hard facts. Like we were some ballers, and if ballers stay here, we can create recruit some more ballers, and the the domino effect just happens. Uh, that was that was exciting. That was really, really, really exciting. And I wanted to be a part of it. And really that's, and but, you know, going back to that question, create relationships within those small towns, go to those small towns, have barbecue with them, sit down with the coach, you know, like you, you, you gotta be a South Carolina, <laughs> you gotta embrace South Carolina and everything that it's about as, as a coach there. And I'll get to the Bobby Bentley story in a minute. Um, but I do want to ask you, though, because you did bring, you bring up the fact that Beamer was the one that was mainly in charge of, of your recruiting process. What do you remember about his style of recruiting? I'm sure, you know, just like anything in life, right? In time, you can only get better and stronger at it. But what were some of those things that you remember that just made him a good recruiter? It made things work as a student athlete that was going through the process, getting recruited by him, um, that made you feel comfortable, you know, because like I, the way that I try to describe it to people for the people that I've spoke with, that have gone, that have got recruited by him, at least in the recent years, he's not a used car salesman. I mean, shoot, I don't care what level of football you play on. I mean, we all go through it, Marcus, right? I mean, you remember the coaches that you spoke with, um, that had that used car salesman, kind of just vibe to them. I think back to when I went through the process. Okay, I mean, you, bullshit. Yeah, you could yeah. just you could just read on it. Is there anything that stood out to you that you still remember to this day that maybe at the time you're like, shoot, that, that guy could be a hell of a head coach one day, especially with recruiting. He knew who he was recruiting. Well informed on who the person was. The family was. I think what sticks out and will always stick out about Coach Beamer is his energy and his passion. Um, you know, when he talks to you, he looks you in his eye, he looks you in the eye. Um, <laughs> it, it, you, you believe him. Like, you, you, you truly believe him. Believe podcast. You be, no, you, be, you really do believe him. Uh, everything that he's saying, uh, but he, and you know, I mean, Mike. The the big thing is just he was just well informed. Like he 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 knew who you were and made you made you comfortable uh, because he knew who you were. Uh, that that right there in itself. I mean, the 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 level of care, the level of, of attention that he had for for whoever he was recruiting uh, you know that that that's what that's what comes off it to me and that you know I, when he said something to you it, it wasn't god like it was just so intentional like like e even in meetings like I, I go back to meetings a lot because when he said something he was trying to make a point to the whole team he was saying he was saying to you he was trying to make a point to the whole team 
And that was that that was just powerful to me. Like just just his it 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 wasn't like if you don't want to be at South Carolina, yeah, that's fine. You know? Like that that that's all fine, but he would it, his knowledge of the school as well. You know, that kind of came off, but him as a person like just whatever he does it's a hundred percent like he, he's going to give you everything that he's got uh he, he's going to throw it all at you and you know if it and it's not and it's not something that he's trying to force you to be a part of you know that that that's that's another thing about it. He, he's not trying to force you he's just like wow this you leave whether you've never been to South Carolina, whether you whether you know Coach Beamer or not, whether you didn't have any facts of who the person was, you leave impressed. Like regardless, like the 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 the, the girlfriend on the trip leaves impressed with that with, with Coach Beamer. So I don't know. And I, from the story you told before that just about your recruiting process. I I had never heard that till now. I loved hearing it for two reasons. One, because they told you you were going to do something that had never been done before. And everything you said they told you, just it's kind of cool to look at. Like you did all those things. I mean, you did something that's never been done before at South Carolina. You became a historic back. I mean, everyone thinks of Marcus Lattimore and thinks of one of the greatest running backs to play at South Carolina especially in the last 20 years. And so that it's cool that they were showing that, but it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't bullshit. They were just speaking facts with you. And then the other one is that the person telling you a lot of that was coach Beamer, the guy who is the head of the program now. And that gives the fans a little insight into what he's probably telling these guys in the transfer portal and the guys who are committing here out of high school, wanting to come early, um, all the players mm. he's recruiting. Yeah. So that's just so cool because now we get a little bit of an insight of what he's trying to build here now. He was doing it originally as an assistant on a lower level. Now the program's his. So hey, hey, you, you know what, Nick? <laughs> you you bring you bring up something like at, at that age, you don't really have you don't really have a sense of direction. Like you don't, you don't really know what you want. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. I mean, that, that, that's why, I mean, I think I silently committed to like, a, I silently committed to Clemson. I silently committed to Penn State. I silently committed to Auburn. I silently committed to all of these places, but I, I, I truly wasn't committed to them. I was just swayed by my emotions. He him, Coach Lawing, Coach Graham, all three of them put a put like a a blueprint in front of me, and that was South Carolina was the and you like you saying that kind of sparked this. That kind of put in my mind like a path, like a pathway. It was the only school that gave me a path that I could actually see, and. Uh, that, you know, although it wasn't, it, it hadn't happened, I could see it. I, like, I could truly see myself 
in Williams Bryce doing the things that they saying I, I, I could I could potentially do. And, you know, Coach Spurrier saying we're going to run the ball, you know, after you look at his track record of throwing the ball. I mean, I believed them. Like, I, I believed them because their plan was so personal for me that, that the, of, of what they were going to do and how they were going to use me and what I was going to be. Um, and, you know, you – you know, in a couple couple weeks, couple of months, we get Alshon, we get Stefan on here. We got to ask them the same question because I've never really asked them. I've never asked DJ or uh, Clowney. I've never asked them, but I want to ask them now. Um, a- a- after you say that, like, like what was it? Now I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're gonna say the same thing. It, it was the vision, like the vision, not only on the field but off the field. Yeah, I think, and I think especially the fact that Nick kind of hit upon it, just the fact that that was the man that was recruiting you, and now that's the same man that's in charge. He is the CEO of this university's football program now. Um, probably up against the time, I'm going to squeeze this story in there. I hope it's true, and I'm not saying Bobby <laughs> Bentley's lying. Bobby, you know I love you, brother. Uh, but I had an opportunity to run into Bobby down in Tampa. He was down there supporting the men's basketball team during the SEC tournament. And I said, you got to give me a good story. I said, can you give me something? So, Marcus, I, I hope when I share this, number one, that it's true, because we know we know that over time things can get exaggerated. So hopefully this is true. And number two, hopefully you'll be able to add to it. So he's telling me through this recruiting process, I mean, whether it be Nick Saban, you know, some of these other big, big name program coaches, right, they're coming in. And, and just to remind people, because some people – think Bobby Bentley, you know, USC coach. Yes, he was an assistant coach, but he also was Marcus's high school coach. During this recruiting process, he said, you'd have some of these coaches come in with their laptops, their presentations, they explain everything. He said Steve Spurrier showed up and Spurrier had basically what he would describe as like a cocktail napkin. And he just jotted down some notes about, you know, yeah, you can do this and that. And the presentation itself, was better than some of the other ones just because of what he was telling you, despite the fact that it wasn't on a laptop. It was on a freaking cocktail napkin that he probably scribbled on on the flight over. 100% true. 100%. And it it was off the top of his head. You know, that was the most impressive part. You know, know, obviously he'd watched my film, but the ways that he – Describe the ways that he was going to use me in 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 the offense. Um, again, talked about everything off the field, the possibilities off the field. Um, he brought up uh, some things that he done that he did back in the day uh, with with running backs who could catch the ball. That was ex- that was exciting to me. Um, Hundred percent true, hundred percent true, and and hundred percent real. Uh, like it, it was just that's that's Coach Furrier, man. That that that's that's how you sum him up. You know, I mean, it, 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 he he doesn't have he doesn't have time to fake. You know, I mean, just yeah, and, and and you know the other coaches they they brought out all the stocks. You know, um. They'd stay at uh, 
and this was this was a this wasn't a long meeting. You know, some coaches would stay at practice, watch practice, follow me home, then do a presentation. I mean, it'd be like a whole three hour thing. I mean, I was with Coach Bray for 45 minutes. Um, you know, he came back to the house before official before I made my decision, but uh it that's just him. I mean, that's 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 just him. And yeah. Loving to death. And did his approach to that? I mean, obviously you went with South Carolina, so it had some effect on you. But I mean, if you can remember some of the other guys who did that, those three hour affairs you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, were there some of those where you liked them? They went very well, or did you really just when Spurrier Spurrier's method of be just being real and you know, he didn't pull out all the stops. He just wanted to talk to you. I mean, obviously went to South Carolina, but was that a big part for you? Um, aside from like the other presentations or were there other presentations that were very good by those other coaches? They were, they were all good. You know, they, they all, they all were impressive and they, and, and they influenced me and, Hell, I, I, you know, I wanted to end, I wanted to go there after, you know, because I'm, you know, I didn't, I, I was, a, I didn't want to disappoint people, you know? So I always, you know, left, left on a high wherever I went. Uh, but it was just him, Nick. I mean, it, it's really just him. It, it's, it's Coach Spurrier. It's, that, it, that there wasn't anything that was special, you know, about or or different or it's it's just him. It's just him as who he is. Like it's kind of kind of like Don, you know. Don is just, Don is just Don. You know how can you how can you be seventeen, eighteen, and Don Staley come to your house and kick it with you and <laughs> and have dinner with you? It, it's just they are who they are you know you know kind of like people people refer to beyonce the, the, the it's just be it's just beyonce she don't even have a last name it's just beyonce you know I'm, i mean it's just that's just it's just spurrier it's just dawn it's just some people just have that i can't even put a word on it nick i don't know just it, be just being living legends Living, living, living legends, and you. And when you meet them, you understand why they're living legends. Yeah, you get, you get why people covet them so much. And speaking of Don, I think it might be time for me to head across the street because uh, this awesome restaurant. They're kind of looking at me. They're like, Mike, you know, looks like the uh, the, the the afternoon traffic started to pick up. Can we get the booth over here? So we're gonna get you out of there, Mike. I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this because I know how some people get. Let uh, Marcus can say it himself. He's a big boy, but let me be clear. Marcus has nothing but respect for George Rogers. I know there's some people that are going to hear that and be like, oh, you know, Marcus has nothing but respect for George. That was anything he said today was no slight against George. But Marcus, you know how people think sometimes. Oh, so I just man. wanted to look, make sure look, I want to make sure. And, look, and, and this is why you're here. You come and you come and you come and uh save the day, save it for me because shit. I mean, of course, 
of, of course, George is the best running back to play at South Carolina. He won the Heisman freaking trophy. So, I mean, it's it, and he was 6'2", 230 pounds, but nah. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I, and I appreciate that, Mike. I really do. I mean, I mean, that that's a given. He he's in the he doesn't he doesn't fall in the category of what I'm talking about because he's a hot. Come on now, come on, people. Yeah, just in case, just in case there's anyone out there, and I know you two have done a lot of stuff together uh, in terms of being on and off the field. So I know you got nothing but love for him, and I know he's got nothing but love for you. Guys, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to go across the street, get ready for this big basketball game. Hopefully by the time that you are listening to this, there are only four teams left in the – well, there's going to be four, but hopefully one of those four are your South Carolina Gamecocks as Don Staley and her squad look to go back to the Final Four for the first time program history and back-to-back seasons. But be Let's sure do it. Let's do it. to give us a five-star review, depending on what platform you're listening to, if you're listening to it on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Nice little uh, note down there as well. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, reach out to us as well. We'd love to be able to work with you. And uh, Nikki Analytics, I'm going to call him right now. Nick has all the analytics on it. So if you have any questions number-wise, he's your man to go to. Numbers weren't good with me in college. That's why I talk about sports for a living. So, um, Nick, Nick was your man to go to on that. What, the numbers? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got them all. I'm not too good at math. There's a reason I'm majoring in journalism, but <laughs> Believe does a great job to uh, to give me all the numbers. So, yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, uh, I'll have I have a full Excel sheet of weekly listens, downloads, anything, but just reach out to me and I can get you those if you're interested in looking at them. And we'd love for you to be a part of Believe in South Carolina. All right, boys. A couple weeks away, Straight spring football spring football game coming up we'll see you guys next week right here on believe in south carolina thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.